is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Welcome to, jeez, uh, what is this? Episode number 11, week number three of Winnipeg Sports Talk and Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. It is a pleasure to have you with us live on our YouTube channel at Winnipeg Sports Talk. And for everybody joining us a little later on this afternoon on their favorite podcast feed. Uh, we've got a great show today and really a great week coming up. Um, Zig for Cassie, our old pal Zig from Sirius XM, NFL and NHL Radio is going to join us about 145. We'll talk a little bit about the winners and losers of NFL free agency. Get Zig's take on this very unique NHL season and to kick off a bit of a 1290 reunion week here on Sports Talk, uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk, we're going to have the big rig himself, Jim Toth, pull in in about uh, 10, 15 minutes or so. Really looking forward to having Jim on the program and cannot wait to do this again all week long with some of our other pals from the old station on Pemina Highway. We've got Rick Ralph joining us tomorrow, Kevin O on Wednesday, Brandon Rewicki coming up on Thursday night and on Friday we finish it off with Troy Westwood um, certainly you know we're going to get Munzee and bombing and uh, Polly Edmonds on at some point as well but um, you know really going hard with some of the the daily voices you heard on 1290 back in the day and uh, now they're going to be with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily let's welcome in Michael Remus to the program to get things going Remo how was the weekend Great weekend, great weather. Um, you know, went to the park with my son. Uh, it was busy. It's draft season, baseball draft. So I had uh, two of them yesterday, one in the afternoon and one uh, in the evening into the late Ooh. evening. Yeah, Long I, draft day. I spent about seven total hours in front of a computer picking uh, players. My brain was totally fried uh, by the end. Hey, who's the hot player that is rising up everyone's draft boards? Who's the guy that is most likely to be reached for right now if you're going oh, into a draft? I Honestly, the research, and because I've been so busy with this, uh, the research for me has been not what it usually is. I know, you know, the big, the hot names, uh, Acuna and Tatis passing, you know, Mike Trout, who's been the perennial number one pick. That was big. But I did have a bit of a snafu before where I forgot to invite one of the owners to the league and the draft room had already opened, and uh, oh, I, what a disaster! And he couldn't he couldn't join the draft because it had already started. So thankfully, I was able to reset it. I, I almost like called I called the old owner, be like, "Hey, give me your password so this guy can get in." And uh, thankfully, I didn't have to come come to that. Uh, a lot of comments in the YouTube chat on your new cut. Um, yeah. Some fresh maintenance for the salad, I see, Reem. You know what? We're out, first of all, a couple, if you're watching on YouTube, yeah, a couple things to point out. First of all, yeah, I got a haircut. I'm usually wearing a hat. I got a haircut this morning. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put a hat on right after. I don't think that's the right thing to do, so I'm showing it off uh, here. I know I'm talking about Jim Toth's hair, so we'll see what he's bringing. But U.S., I can actually see your face today. You're not in the off in the bottom oh, right corner. <laughs> Okay, listen. Let's just get right to that. I did. I have used. I've got a. Uh, I've got an NHL book of trivia, and yes. I've got another book um, called, I believe, the game, an IKEA catalog that has never been opened, and oh. it's all coming. It's all helping out right now. Now, my mom was giving me some serious brain damage on that, you know, because I had the mic down a little bit lower and over on the side so I could see my screen better. Anyways, I was hearing about it from, from all okay. sides. So all right. I took your advice. We've jacked the mic up a little bit. Bottom line is, most importantly, it sounds okay, which I think it does. 
but yes, I, I am. <laughs> I'm a little more centered right now for our YouTube viewers in the stream. Yeah. Well, look, we're YouTubers. You got to get used to, you know, being on screen. You can't be down in the corner. And I'm glad your mom, I want to give a big shout out to your mom for telling you because I almost uh, texted you, hey, man. But I just said, hey, put some, <laughs> put some books underneath there. I, I'm shocked you even had books to put. I was like, does Hustler own books? You know what? I, 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 and the funny thing is, is I'm not really too sure where this book came from or who. Actually, I think my pal Greg Possessionik gave this to me when I was in the hospital. Um, don't know if I cracked it then. But uh, anyways, it's coming in handy right now as we get going on a, another week of Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you're with us right now, great to have everyone that's live in the YouTube chat. Lots of people rolling in as we get started for another week. As always, if you can, hit that thumbs up button. The like button uh, certainly helps us out a lot. And if you're listening to the podcast a little later on, do your boys a favor and uh, pop down at the bottom of the feed and uh, give us a five-star rating and maybe put in a, a nice little review for us. That's another thing that uh, certainly can uh, help us out. And, hey, Remo, just before we get into the Jets and tonight's game, what happened on the weekend, um, we uh, we have graduated in the YouTube world. We literally are YouTubers right now, which I did see a poll of kids in today's society, number one thing they want to be the most when they grow up yeah. <laughs> is a YouTuber. So we essentially are the pinnacle of coolness for for kids these days, uh, making it happen yeah. on the World Wide Web. I never thought I would be officially a uh, YouTuber, but uh, people make careers out of it. It's what kids want to be. Um, they didn't have YouTube when I was a kid, so uh, this is pretty cool now. But yeah, we've kind of graduated. I added in, um, you know, people are asking... How they can support the stream, or they want you know people have asked if we had a Patreon. We don't have any of that, but there is a uh, an icon at the bottom. If you want to have like a super chat or some kind of sticker, uh, you know, you, for a fee, you can you can do that and it'll support the channel, but also make your chat more visible to the others. So I've yeah, never so done it. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's worth trying, I guess. Yeah, we'll check it out. Gregory is into the chat. Wow, Hustler's mom is in the chat. Where's she at, Greg? Greg, easy, easy, buddy. <laughs> Greg's the best, always there. Greg probably has some hot takes on the wrestling on the weekend. We're uh, just, what, like three weeks away from WrestleMania? At some point, we'll certainly hit that. But let's get right to it before we bring Jim Jim in. Uh, it's finally happened, Reem. The Jets have lost two in a row. Um, this was, to be honest, um, another Connor McDavid show where, you know, I thought the Jets, you know, defensively did a pretty good job overall. Pretty hard not to look at these last two games and really the last five games and say that there's some issues right now with the top line being able to keep the puck out of their own net. I'm just looking at these numbers. Last five games, Mark Scheifele's minus nine, Wheeler's minus nine, and Paul Stastny is minus seven for a grand total of minus 25. Now, I realize the plus minus stat is something that you don't spend too much time on for obvious reasons, but... In a big picture over a couple weeks, um, it does does tell you that that line in particular had a real tough time, as everyone does, keeping Connor McDavid in check. But it's even more painful when that's happening and you're not getting the production in the other end. And um, really, it's been the Jets' quote-unquote number two line that's been doing most of the heavy lifting when it comes to uh, lighting the red light behind opposition goalies lately. Yeah, Nikolai Ehlers was one of the stars of the week last week. And, I mean, he's been had, just had an amazing season uh, you see the speed, you see the hands, he's shooting a lot more, uh, banked one in and off Andrews, cop's leg. And I want to give a credit to Ick Ehlers because, you know, on Power Play 2, I have been saying for years, like, why doesn't he just try the off wing? What's going on? But he looked unreal 
on Saturday uh, on his left side, you know, skating around, creating room, and, and walking in and shooting. So that second line has been, or you know, second line with uh, Ehlers, Dubois, and Connor looked very, very strong. Um, the Shifley, Stasny, Wheeler line having a real tough go, keeping the puck out of the net. But, you know, we had been on the Jets when they were winning. Why are they giving up too many shots? This isn't sustainable. <laughs> you know, we're getting on them, getting on them. Well, you know, the the games against Montreal, I thought, you know, shot differentials were very good. Edmonton, again, very two very, very close games. So on one hand, um, you know, you two games against Edmonton, very, very close. McDavid makes a couple plays and you lose. I think you do got to have to be concerned yet another third period blown lead. Um, you know, you're going in up two goals into the third. You got to lock it down. It happened earlier the week against Montreal where, you know, they ended up winning in overtime, so it didn't kill you. But that's not good. And, yeah, the first line, not ideal. And, look, losing two in a row for the first time of the year. I mean, every team's going to go through a period where they lose two in a row. I'm not, I'm not so overly concerned. But there are some signs that are definitely troubling. And you said to me off air, I'm not concerned. But if you lose again to Vancouver, then, okay, I mean, it's pretty clear something's not right with this team. Well, um, a couple things on that. First of all, I certainly expect that top line to have a big game tonight. Um, you know, Shifley's had a couple big nights already against Vancouver this season. And you saw from the frustration of Wheeler at the end of the game, the smash stick, tossing the puck in. Apparently you got a game misconduct for that at the end of the game, for uh, tossing the puck into an empty building. No idea why that would be the case, but whatever. Um, I think that they'll bounce back. And we're going to have Murata Teshon to kick off the show tomorrow at about one fifteen. I was just texting with Murat saying, well, hopefully we won't be talking about it for the first three-game losing skid of the year. Um, and I think it just this game is so important. A very, very big week, week with four games, Vancouver, Vancouver, and Calgary, and Calgary. And, you know, hey, McDavid did a lot of damage, even when he didn't have the puck. I mean, I think about the nurse goal on Saturday night, Reem, and, and I get it. I mean, he demands so much attention from everybody on the ice that, you know, on that second goal, there were literally four Winnipeg Jets that had skated over, were doing everything they could to, you know, to neutralize McDavid. And it gave Darnell Nurse an absolutely wide open lane into the slot to blast one past Connor Hellebuck. And my God, that winning goal. Um, Hellebuck was so close to making what would have been one of the saves of the year on it. But that's um, that's a 50-goal score in Leon Dreisaitl getting fed by a guy that you got to be pretty worried about as well. So... Um, you know, credit to the Oilers for making the most of their opportunities. The Jets, for their part, missed a couple glorious ones. Kyle Connor getting robbed by Mike Smith. And man, how would things have been different if Dylan DeMello was able to jam that one in in the final second of the first period? That was, oh, that was tough. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I mean, it was such a tight game. Uh, you get a bounce. I thought, first of all, Mike Smith, uh, I didn't know that he was, you know, had that type of game in him. He was incredible. 39th birthday today. Yeah, uh, good for him. I mean, the Kyle Connor say maybe you wish Connor could have got some more wood. It was a bit of a bouncing puck, so I mean, understandable. Mike Smith recovered as he's done so many times uh, when playing the puck. I mean, not, that's not his first rodeo, just scrambling back to the net. And then yeah, the Demello one. You're thinking, oh, is anyone other than you know your your defensive defenseman uh, who's in front of the net trying to bang it in? So you know, if they score one of those, maybe it's a different game. So I mean, I think part of you is think, okay, there's some issues here. But at the same time, you look at the game, it was a very close game. Uh, and the difference in both games has been Connor McDavid being, I mean, he makes plays. And I thought he was really good before. Like He was really good when it was rookie season. He's been really good. But he seems, he, if it's possible, even better now. 
And uh, watching him, you know, skate, stick handle with his head up, shoot the puck at the net while looking at the guy who he's you know, faking the pass to. Uh, he's got some moves that are crazy. And uh, again, the pass to Drysdale, that's a one-timer from, from pretty far out. Uh, impressive, uh, impressive goal. And his other, uh, his other goal where he skated around the whole offensive zone a couple times. So uh, those guys are good. They got to find a way to hold him in check. I know on that, uh, what was the two on, you know, the two on o, two on one goal. You know, the Jets are trying to pinch to try to break it up, and then you know they're getting getting beat. So I mean, it happened a couple times there where they got beat, and you know they'll regroup, try to figure out a way to stop him. But man, that guy, that guy is good. I mean, you just got to throw your hands up, be like, oh man. You can give up 40 shots to a regular team, or you can give up 25 to the Oilers and have 20% of it be Connor McDavid, and you're probably better off being the giving up 40 shots to a regular team, oh, as we've seen so far, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the team moves on to Vancouver tonight. Um, you know, a big, big game. We'll talk about that coming up with Jim Toth in just a couple minutes, and uh, also looking forward to getting Zig for Cassie's thoughts on the NHL season as well as the big winners and losers so far of NFL Free Agency. I'm going to give a shout-out to Jeff Telfer, who uh, pops into the chat. First I've been, time I've been able to watch live on vacation this week. Listen to the podcast every day. Love the show. So glad to have you guys back. Jeff, it is a pleasure to have you with us. Great to have you popping in on the YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and uh, throw us a like. And speaking of having guys back, as I mentioned right off the top of the show, if you just missed, we're going to have a real fun week this week with all of the boys, or many of the boys that you listen to daily on TSN 1290 jumping on with us. Jim Tove today, Rick Ralph tomorrow, Kevin O, Brandon Rewicki, and Troy Westwood all before the end of the week. Got to give a shout out to our sponsors, Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group. Boston Pizza, Winnipeg, and of course, Royal Sports. I popped into Royal on the weekend. It's so gorgeous outside. The place is booming. Um, It's time to get ready to get back outside and uh, reclaim our lives, people. And Royal Sports is the place to do that. Whether you're talking about camping gear, wake surf, skateboarding, um, the bike shop open right now with some incredible two-wheel options for you. All the top brands of activewear and their new fitness department, um, it's all there for you at Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway and 650 Rally at EK. Greg and Gerald, the uh, been with us for a long time. Great to have them on board. And as I mentioned, the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, DQ Northgate, Dairy Queen Polo Park, Dairy Queen Niverville, and St. Anne's, which you know usually would not be open yet. Now it is. They're firing it out. And you can get burgers there, too. I, I always thought it was just an ice cream uh, cream one. Um, I'm working on some new favorite DQ Blizzard flavors as well. Mm-hmm. I'll have some ratings for you uh, a little bit later on. So um, Jim Toth coming up in just a couple few minutes. Uh, Zig for Cassie. at 1.45 today. And tomorrow, as I mentioned, Murata Tesh is going to join us. And uh, we'll break down tonight's game over the Winnipeg Jets and look ahead to the rest of the week for the club as they spend uh, a lot of time out on the West Coast. Well, speaking of the West Coast, I tweeted this out on the weekend. I don't think, I don't know about you. I've spent, it's just like, when's the next game? Who are the Jets playing? You know, even the road and home games don't mean a lot to most fans right now because no one's able to go to the games and everything around them. Um, but it was pretty wild to look at the Jets' schedule beginning on Saturday in Edmonton and realize that we have a steady two weeks of 9 and 9.30 games coming up. And I, listen, I'm not sure why some of these games out like in Calgary, for instance, will be starting at 8 o'clock. I'm sure television has something to do with it. Um, but for some people, that's an issue. Um, 
I'll still be able to get up and watch the game, I guess. It won't be a big deal. But um, the one thing that really stinks in the COVID environment that we're at right now is that the bars, I mean, even if you're going with someone in your household or you know, I'll often just pop into you know one of my favorite spots and sit up at the wood, um, you got to get out at 10 o'clock. So with these 9 and 9.30 starts, even if you go to start the game, you got to leave beforehand. So that's somewhat unfortunate, but I guess the 31st of March is the next date that we will have a 6.30 start. I believe the Jets are playing the Montreal, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs then, but right now, a lot of time out in the West, uh, beginning tonight with the Jets against the Vancouver Canucks. I'm looking forward to getting Jim Tothon with us in just a few minutes. We should also take a quick look at the brackets. Um, how many of you all joined us in our in our bracket challenge. We'll have some great prizes. I am certainly not even close. I think I'm better than 9% of brackets. I do have Loyola Marymount, um, Sister Jean. I'm not betting against Sister Jean. Uh, you got a higher power in your corner. I'll bet you to go to the final four. They had a couple big upsets, but I mean, it has just been a bloodbath so far of teams that, you know, were highly ranked. We saw Oral Roberts take out Ohio State. They were a two seed. And then it was uh, Loyola bouncing the number one ranked Illini of Illinois yesterday. So like most of you, I have no clue going into this event who was good, what they've been doing, but it's always fun to get a ticket. And there has been a few wagers placed on CoolBet as well. Shout out to Ohio for that big win. That was one of my uh, my only ones coming up over the last little bit. Now, uh, apparently we're having a little bit of a uh, issue with getting Jim on. So we'll uh, look forward to having Jim on in just a few minutes. But while we do it, we'll get to some of these some of these comments and here's a great one this is the best winnipeg sports show ever but got me craving dq every day now had a nice score blizzard last night let's go thanks lb not sure whether that's uh loren brassois or not but um uh winnipeg jets forever i wonder if Toth did his hair for this well we're gonna find out in just a couple minutes and then split yeah this dq talk is tough to hear jeff kabil's the big 10 is a big disappointment that goes uh, without a uh, without saying. There's been a lot of disappointments so far in uh, in the uh, tournament. Um, but let's get to it. Look who's here, kicking off our 1290 reunion week. I think we have him live, locked in, and ready to go. The big rig himself, Jim Toth, who, to the disappointment of many watching in the YouTube live, is wearing a hat. <laughs> Toth, what's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, well, like Remus, I got a haircut about a week ago, So, uh, uh, but I did wear the hat. He's right. You don't wear a hat right after a haircut. You got to let the follicles fro, fro, <laughs> and let them go. So I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, you know, no complaints, buddy. Been, uh, you know, I mean, the last little while for, for me leading into early February, and then for all of us in early February, has been a little, um, been up and down. But you know what? We... Uh, Put a lot of work into this. We've had some great reactions so far. And needless to say, I'm really looking forward to this week to have uh, many of the old boys from the station on. It's a great way to kick it off with the, with you. First off, how how you been? What have you been up to? Uh, and how much are you enjoying not having to get up at 4.30 in the morning? <laughs> well, that I'm enjoying a lot. Although it's it's funny because I, you know, all the veterans we know in the business in this city, the Joyellos, the bow at our station, even Ace Burby were telling me, you know, it takes about two and a half years to adjust to that schedule because I predominantly been covering sports at night my whole career, day and night. 
Um, so I never really totally adjusted to that, but after about two years, I got into a groove with it. So and now I can't sleep in like I try to, but I'm like my grandfather who was a farmer his whole life. And then I, he'd be retired in his seventies. And I'm like, why are you still getting up at five 30 in the morning? And it was just like habit. So, but I'm good. I, I mean, I'm into the madness of course. And, uh, as you can tell by my hat, I've been solving some mysteries or at least trying to, and, uh, just hanging out, watching the jets and, and, uh, paying attention to them and everything else that's going on in the sports world, but everything's good. Uh, it's been a nice little downtime, you know, and, and you hear when this happens in the business, take advantage of it. Um, so you do, you just do some things that you're not accustomed to. Well, the ultimate irony of this whole thing is that you were a guy that, you know, were no stranger to long stretches in the rack before you began doing morning radio every day on 1290. And now it's all over. You don't have to get up early. And yet, in maybe the biggest upset of all 2020, you became a father and now have basically a baby to deal with. So I imagine you're not getting those nice, comfy sleep-ins till 1030 anymore, even though you don't have to show up on Pemina Highway. No, no, I'm not. Actually, the, during the pandemic, it was kind of, you know, it was first off the first three days because, and Brandon will probably tell you this later in the week, when you have to leave for the first time. So you're off for two and a half weeks when when uh, my son was born, and then you sort of go in and you're like, man, this is it's tough sort of walking away. But then you sort of get used to that. You're four or five hours away from from home, and, and especially in a pandemic, it's a nice little reprieve. But he's amazing. Um, as you know, like, uh, I think nobody's more surprised than you than I was. <laughs> Um, it was but, like uh, plus 500. <laughs> it was plus, it was plus 5,000 at the beginning of the year. Um, and listen, I wish I wagered on it, but I'm so happy for you. And you and Alexis and everything, it's a, a big game changer. And you know what? I think it puts a lot of things into perspective right now. Yeah. And I can say the same thing for what happened to me, you know, earlier, um, at the end of 2020, um, you, you start to really appreciate, you know, your health, your loved ones, um, in the middle of everything that we're going on right now. And, um, you know, work, there'll be all sorts of challenges in life, but you know, the gift that you have been given, uh, is the greatest one. So, um, uh, it does put some things into perspective, I think. It is a total perspective. It is. And, um, it's, uh, it's interesting and it's fascinating. And, uh, uh, I gotta say, I've been enjoying every minute of it. And, uh, like you said, I mean, it's been such a bizarre year with the pandemic and then the sports, um, but then your injury, I mean, like that shook a lot of us that are close to you and, and, um, you handled it like a champ. And then even this, like the, the day of 1290 literally closed. Um, I think we all discussed, you'll probably talk about it with some of the guys this week that we were just more shocked. They closed the doors than anything. I think most of us are under the impression in this industry, anything can change at any minute for you personally that somebody wants to go a different direction or you just, you know, want to cut budget, whatever. But when they close the doors, that's when we all talk, you know, sort of uh, amongst ourselves. It's like that was mostly the shock. So that's added to a bizarre year. And then, you know, it's a pandemic and everything that's going on there. But that's what I tweeted that day. Like, I, you know, I've only been through this once before with cutbacks. And when it happened, I'm just like, well, I'm not going to say anything for a couple of weeks. I'll take that. But there was such an outpour from everybody that day that at four o'clock, I just said, you know, it, it, I looked at my son. And I just looked at the pandemic and the world we were living in. And I just said, that's perspective for you. There are literally worse things in the world right now. Um, and and something better will come along down the line for, for all of us, I believe that. So he's been a, a, a help during the pandemic and having some sports. And even this project you're doing, it's an outstanding hustle. And, and uh, I know you're having a blast with it. Um, and I think it's a much needed thing in our community. So 
Um, we literally one door closes, another one opens and, and several others will and have. And, uh, so there's a lot of perspective going in and around the world. And, and maybe I wonder if it would be different if we weren't in a pandemic or you and I both didn't go through the massive changes we did this year. Yeah, no doubt about that. Now, uh, Mike K in the YouTube chat, Jim, the arborist there, nice tree bands on the elms. Uh, that a Thank great, you. Yes. great shot of the background. We have a worm problem here. By the way, just to the, I'm looking right at my Aquatech. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me about that. Yes, it's here and it's dynamic. And by the way, uh, 1065, Google Dan Lash get your own staycation, no better time. By the way, and uh, Aquatech's, uh, it's right out there. So I've been spending some time in the Aquatech hot as well aqua-tech.ca if i may that is one of the great slid in plugs of all time in winnipeg sports talk daily history um next time you're on i think we may have to get you live in the tub may have to work on uh, some I don't work know. on some technical uh, issues i'm still trying to get in shape for that but that'll be my goal <laughs> for my next appearance on winnipeg sports talk um, Jim, let's get to it. Uh, for the first time all year, we're talking about the Jets um, losing two games in a row in regulation. Um, just thoughts on those two games in Edmonton. I, you know, I think there was a lot of things they did well, but um, man, Connor McDavid just proving that he is a problem for which if you are an opponent, there just simply is no answer. Yeah, and you know what's strange about the two losses in a row to me is at the end of the day, could have they played better? Yes, but I thought they played two of their better games this year. Like it just was Connor McDavid and and Leon Dreisaitl. Um, two goals the first game, and then the goal against you know Shifley takes a lot of heat and mostly rightfully so for some of his defensive play. But he was right with McDavid. That's just McDavid. He followed him around the net and he picks up the loose puck. He was on one knee when he scored. So uh, I, I thought that's that's going to happen. Uh, I my overall impression was you know two losses in a row. You got to stop that. Uh, the top line, I believe tonight, I honestly do, is going to see some changes. I know you and Remus were talking about the plus minus, and that stat is what it is. But it's been about five games now where they've struggled mightily, and they were a combined minus nine on that game on Saturday. Uh, Stasny, Wheeler, and uh, Shifley, now one was an empty net goal. Um, but so that's what I take from it. Like, it's going to happen, and a lot of people are going, you know, the Jets are going to struggle just like Montreal has, just like Toronto has recently. It's going to happen every team. Is this it? And I think this is where you want to stop it. Um, I thought they played pretty well against Edmonton in both games. I like their defensive game against Toronto in that third game of that series. And then going uh, against Montreal, it wasn't as good, but I thought they got back to some very good defensive play as a team against the Oilers. Um, but I, I think that's what Paul Maurice does. When, when the fans usually scream for a change or why is this guy on a line immediately after one bad game, Paul Maurice doesn't do anything. But you show him a five or six game stint where things don't go well, and I wouldn't be surprised. He's not going to touch that number two line, I don't think so. I'm looking to see if Andrew Kopp's going to be moved up today on that top line just to get some defensive awareness there, and maybe Stasny can score a little bit more on a third line. But I wonder if tonight's the night to get changes, and if not, and it doesn't go well, then I think they're going to break up that number one line by Wednesday. Yeah, that uh, certainly that'll be something we'll look at, you know, in the uh, in the, the, the skate. Well, probably they won't even do a skate. That's those are kind of going the way of the dodo bird right now with the schedule that the, the team's at right now. But the way things look early on and, you know, if Maurice does change things, you know, they, the question and I think you, you make a great point, you know, while this is happening and, you know, there's a bright light being shone on the Shifley Wheeler Stastny line um, because of just how lopsided the matchup has been with the top line on other clubs. Part of that, though, opens up Dubois 
and Connor and Ehlers to do what they've been doing. And you, you wonder, do they have those same sort of success if the matchups are different? Other side of things is this is a big, long road trip, and they're going to have to really handle the matchups that the other coaches have first before they go and change on the fly to try to get what Maurice wants to uh, would, would like to see his lines matched up against. Yeah, and that's a great point, too. And and I think Nick Ehlers is just having a sensational year. I like what Dubois brought to the team, but I, I think it's what happens when you bring a really good player in. And it's reminded on me during his time here, too, he's still young. eh? Like, there's still some growth there. Um, when you look at his game, it reminds me of Mark Scheifele, maybe his third or fourth year in the league, where, you know, I think he came close that first time to hitting 30 goals. But there was still some – and there's some chemistry that they need to find. Um, Kyle Connor, I tweeted out on Saturday with the posts and the save by Mike Smith and the posts he's hit this year, he could be tied with Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. He's got 15 goals. He could very easily have another five or six and be right up there to, to lead the league. Um, and then we looked at that third line and, you know, Lowry had a great start to the year points wise and, uh, cop did as well. And I think Appleton, and I know you've discussed this on your show all week and have been prior to this, is he's having a sensational season. And it became more obvious than ever why Jack Rossman became, you know, expandable with the emergence of Appleton. And then the fourth line, like, I don't think enough people are talking about this fourth line. I looked at Jansen Harkins and Christian Veselainen in their 20 games. They had one point between them. Um, I know, you know, they're going to get hounded on, but Trevor Lewis has been a really good addition to this team with the Stanley Cup experience and how they played Matthew Perot and everybody's going to say contract here, but he's healthy and he's playing extremely well. He's playing too. his ass off right now, Jim, and he you, he's making such a difference on that line. And I know where you're going next. I mean, Nate Thompson, that was the big hot button issue. How can you have some of these young guys not in and Nate Thompson being put in? And I, for one, was somewhat skeptical. I'm a big fan of Jansen Harkins and what he yeah, did so last year. And, um, but honestly, uh, it, it and the reason why everything has been so quiet is that line absolutely has been pulling their weight lately. And yeah. I mean, if you're looking at, oh, what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets, we're not talking about anything with the fourth line. We're talking about a top line that just simply hasn't had the, the puck go in the net for them. And unfortunately, have had far too many disappointing skates back to the bench after one getting past Connor Hellebuck when they've been on the ice. Yeah, the future is Harkins and the future is Veseline, and I get that. But I said this at the start of the year in a 56-game schedule, it's go time out of the gate. And you're going to go with Vets experience, Harkins, Veselainen, combined 20 games. Injury came in for Harkins. I get that. It's not like they're not part of this team or we're not going to see them again this year. But you need to get points in any single game you can in the short season. So I think if your worst problem in the going into game three of this road trip is, you know, trying to get your first line going better. That's a great problem. I think you've been pretty well overall happy with the other three lines and what they've been doing, plug and, and place another guy here and there. But I wonder if they'll keep the top line together tonight. Um, and if they do, if they respond, and if they don't, what it's going to look like. But that's that's depth, eh? Like, that's why I think when we're probably going to talk some trade deadline coming up, Huss, that's why you you sort of can trade that first-round pick this year because they've got three defensemen waiting that are, two of them everybody feels are NHL-ready for sure. They've got Cole Perfetti in there. They got Dubois here down the middle. They don't need to draft a centerman. And we all know the wingers they have and, and Harkins and Appleton developing and everything else. This is a team that if they want to acquire pieces to go with what is already a deep roster, they can trade that first round pick this year. I've never found a season where they've been more uh, able to get rid of that first round pick and not see long term damage from it. Hmm. Well, I, I'm with you. I, I think it has to be worth it. 
um, a package including a first-round pick for Matthias Ekholm. I am all in on that and ASAP, to be honest, to get him here. Um, and I think from, you know, David Savard would be a nice add, but he's got an expiring contract. The thing with Ekholm that's so attractive, not only is his pedigree as an elite defenseman, a guy that would come in and immediately make the Jets better on the back end, it could eat a ton of minutes playing against top competition. But Jim, he's got one more year at yeah. less than $4 million. And with what you just said, you know, the emergence of Logan Stanley, Sandberg, and Vili Hainel coming into the mix. I mean, at home for this year and next season, as those young players get more accustomed to playing a bigger role as NHLers over the next 18 months, I think is a dream situation for the Winnipeg Jets, both cap-wise as well as making those young, putting those young players in a, in a position to succeed when they do become regulars in the NHL. And, you know, we all sit here and we, we sort of forecast and go, hey, I would trade Niku in a first-rounder like that. And apparently they want more than that. And then that's the question. Do you believe in this group? And I think you do, Huss. The other reason I trade that first-round pick and make a move is what I've been saying all year. I know a lot of Jets fans have run out of patience. It's the 10th year here. But you've built to this. You've got some guys come, some guys go, some high-end pieces like Patrick Line and stuff. You have a two to three year window here when you look at the re- remainder of that Shifley contract, Ehlers, uh, Connor Hellebuck. You have a three year window, including this year, to go after something. I think you do. And a lot of people are going to counter with this and go, well, the expansion draft and Dylan DeMello. If you bring Ekholm in, you, you can't lose DeMello in, in the expansion. And basically, you have Ekholm here for that second year. You miss out on that third year of a brand new DeMello contract. And I get it. I like Dylan DeMello, I think he's a good piece here. But if you can upgrade and your biggest problem is worrying about your depth that you're going to lose in an expansion draft and give yourself a chance to win this year and next year, I think you have to do it. And I, I think the philosophy of the Jets is different this year. I think that's why you saw the Dubois trade. I think if Dubois is not available and, and this team isn't where they're at and in this two to three year window with the core contracts of guys like Shifley and Ehlers, I think they sort of, you know, it's two years ago. Well, if there's a right deal, we'll make it. But that's not the time anymore. It is go time. Your core veterans are in that 27, 28 to 32, 33 year range. You have young guys who now have two to three years experience, maybe two years in Appleton. And you have your Connors and Ehlers. You have your Connor Hellebuck. It's go time. I think it's there's a, it's what you've seen in the past in the Jets. You're going to see a more aggressive like you did the Dubois. I think they're going to aggressively go after guys like Ekholm. And I think they're going to look at this as a two, two to three year Stanley Cup window. We've got a chance to win the Cup in the next two to three years. We've got to do everything we can when opportunities present itself to do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't pull the trigger on a major deal in the next two weeks. Yeah, it's certainly going to give us a lot to talk about every day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And, and you mentioned DeMello. And... Listen, he and Morrissey um, are going up against some tough competition now that they're paired again together. The, the results have been, you know, at times okay, sometimes a little bit disappointing. Uh, and I think everyone in the organization loves Dylan DeMello. I think most of the fans, you know, are pretty, you know, happy with him. But, you know, we talk about that number, um, what he's going to be making on the blue line going forward. I mean, if that was the player the Winnipeg Jets lost to Seattle with those other young players graduating from the Moose... I don't think that would be like the worst case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, all, and, all and, that. and that's that's what you have to do to in order to go for it. You're not going to lose somebody you're not going to miss. Um, and you worry about that in the summer. And then you deal with it then in the summer. And if you've got four and a half coming in with that home for another year and three and a half going out, 
you still got two from that DeMello stuff left to go do some work. I like Dylan DeMello. I hope he's around. I'm not even sure he'd be taken in the expansion draft. He might be a guy that you leave unprotected, and there might be six to eight better defensemen or equal defensemen. His contract will be real attractive. But the point is right now is you just do it, and you worry about the expansion draft in the summer. And if you lose an Appleton, if you lose a you know, a DeMello, you do it. I mean, you give yourself a chance to win now. And and as much as I like Dylan DeMello, if it was him that you lost in the expansion draft, it's replaceable somehow. And you've still loaded up to bear and you got echo. So I think this is, I, I really believe more so than ever year that there's going to be a deal done to add to this roster. And, and I think this is a two to three year, do whatever it takes to try and win window for the Jets. The big rig himself, Jim Toth, is with us live on Winnipeg Sports Talk daily on YouTube and in your podcast feed a little bit later on. Thanks to everyone that are listening to us on the ride home. And if you're with us live on YouTube, throw a comment in there. Hit that like button. Um, Jim, this week, you know, coming off the Edmonton, those two Edmonton games and kind of talked about that. There were some good things the Winnipeg Jets did. Unfortunately, Connor McDavid showed why he's the best player in the world. And he made the Jets pay in spades two consecutive games. They now go into Vancouver taking on the Canucks, a team that they've had incredible success against over the course of the last few years, and I believe now won six straight in Vancouver. Um, how important do you think it is to get a win tonight to prevent a three-game losing skid going into another game against the Canucks before the first look at the uh, Flames with Uncle Daryl back behind the bench? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of the Sutters, so I'm all for okay. that move. Uh, surprising as it was. Hey, you know why they need to get a win tonight, Huss, is you saw the misconduct, the stick slap from Wheeler. What frustrates hockey teams and what frustrates hockey players isn't when they don't play good. They know when they don't play good. And when they don't play well and they sneak out a point or they don't play well and they lose 7-1 to Montreal, what do they say? No big deal. Like, it just we can tell we didn't play well. They need to stop that losing streak tonight because you saw the frustration. They're playing pretty well, and they're not getting it done. And I think that's what you want to prevent from creeping in is more of that puck into the stands and the slamming of the stick and the frustration of playing relatively pretty good um, than what you've seen from some other games and not getting a result. When that starts getting into three, four games of you playing good hockey and you're not getting anything, that's when you start squeezing the stick. That's when you try to do a little bit more. Maybe you cheat the game a little bit. So I think it's real important they bounce back tonight. And Vancouver's always played them tough. Brandon Wick used to point this out all the time. For whatever reason, didn't matter what their roster was, they always sort of, you know, had some fun with Vancouver, took it to Vancouver and got some wins. But it's been tough this year. So I think to, to keep that from getting too long, to prevent the frustration from sitting in and prevent guys from sort of getting away from that solid game they've played the last three games overall, the 200-foot game, I think that's why it's real important for them to get a win or at least a point tonight. Yeah, I was talking to Reem just, we were setting up before the program and, you know, just talking about what we're going to be discussing. And of course, you know, discuss the, you know, Wheeler being all choked at the end of the game and, you know, showing some of that frustration. And I'm fine with it. I mean, I actually like that. I mean, the, some of the passion that he brings to the game is great. I'd far r- rather see the passion, you know, uh, flipping the visor up after a shootout winner or, you know, <laughs> celebrating when things are going well. 
Um, but I'll tell you what, I think I'm going to stack that top line in DraftKings tonight because these guys are due. I think they're feeling the pressure. And I don't think there could be anything better for the Winnipeg Jets tonight outside of an all-world performance by their goalie than to get a little bit of production and get some good feelings back amongst Shifley and Wheeler and Stastny or if someone else is on that line, whoever else is in that spot. Uh, because at the end of the day, you're going to get production from that Dubois line, especially if they're playing some more advantageous matchups. You know you're going to get the goaltending. You know what times the defense is going to be a bit of an issue, but it's impossible to see this team winning consistently if they're not getting production from that top line, especially if they're having some issues fishing the puck out of their own net when they're on the ice. Yeah, and I think that's the other reason why I, I don't blame you for loading that up tonight on that line because I think pride sets in. I think it's like, you know, you have a bad game or, or you play poorly yourselves and other guys are, are stepping up or playing well. I, I think pride steps in. And I think that that's, look, if th- there's a lot of pride in that Blake Wheeler uh, and, and frustration, as you saw there, there's some pride in Mark Shifley as well. And and Stassi's just a veteran. Like Stassi is such a key addition. And, and I think Stassi's just the guy that, you know, it, is going to show up and, and and be the difference maker too. But they're also level-headed. But I'm with you. I I think they're going to come out tonight and, and have a, a point to prove. They they much like we know that they were minus nine, the three of them on Saturday. That the, they're well aware of that as well. And and probably you know knowing Blake Wheeler a little bit from the day's interview, you know, he's probably said something in the room along. Hey, we know it was us tonight a little bit, so don't worry. Thanks for having our back, and we'll try to have yours on Monday. Yeah, there's the DK stack tonight. Jets line one. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Hey, before we go, I'm going to talk some NFL free agency with Zig Uh-oh. in just a minute. But I have to ask you, as a the card carrying member of the Bears Nation, I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> was it were you just so disappointed that you guys didn't get Russell Wilson? Um, and what was your reaction? Uh, you know me. I'm a big Andy Dalton guy. Uh, but it doesn't sound like that was a very popular signing amongst Bears fans, Jim. Well, Trubisky had better stats than him last year. And we can go to the team and everything else, and that may weigh into it. I am so disappointed if they didn't get Russell Wilson, and here's why. I never believed Seattle was shopping him. And when I saw the six assets they could have got, the three first-round picks, the two starters I would assume are at positions Seattle needs help with, and then, I mean, if you're not going to trade them for six assets and probably five starters, you weren't trading them. So I don't know why they were shopping them. I don't know why they went down this road. I know Russell Wilson has come out publicly and said, I need some help here. I need some pieces. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. I don't know. Andy Dalton, do I like him better than Mitch Trubisky? Yes, I do. But to me, it's, hey, they signed Shane Matthews. I mean, uh, Eric Kramer. I mean, uh, Cade McCowan. I mean, Andy <laughs> Dalton. It's like... It's the constant band-aid. But the one thing I'm happy is, is like the Khalil Mack trade, they took some shots. Like, it's not like they're not trying. I'd rather have the organization try and miss than just sit there and go, oh, we don't want to give up that much. So, I mean, I don't know what they're doing with Allen Robinson. He should have been signed a long time ago because he's their only legitimate offensive threat. David Montgomery might have another good year. He had a good second half. So I'm happy Andy Dalton's there, but I'm happy he's there because it's not Mitch Trubisky. I mean, Nick Foles, eh. And if they draft somebody, if you go into this season with Dalton as your starter, Foles backing up, and a drafted quarterback, and then you can get, you know, that quarterback into the second year or his third year and he can pan out, then I'm okay with it. If Andy Dalton goes down in week three, Nick Foles comes in and does his best to throw for 148 yards 
um, and this rookie gets thrown in too soon, then I have a problem with it. But if it works out, I think Andy Dalton's a good, solid quarterback. I think he's a legitimate starter. I think he's going to win some games. If they draft well, I'm okay with it. But, yeah, I wanted Russell Wilson big time. The Red Rifle in the Windy City. Uh, can't wait for the NFL and football to get back. Hopefully we'll have some three-down right football. Right before we go, I know I don't have the than... background you all do, Huss. And I know everybody in these Zoom calls has awards back there. I don't have any awards. But here's my script from the movie Goon. <laughs> I was in it 10 years ago for seven seconds. It's on page 153, my role. And then I usually have this up in backgrounds. My autographed Houston Astros 2017. And now that's tainted too. Yeah, exactly. That's so between um, my movie career being over, the Astros tainted championship, and no Russell Wilson, they're again in a pandemic or worse things. We're all good. Hey, you know what? You're a you're a father, Jim. That's what really that's, counts. Yes, that's all that matters. Dude, listen, this has been so much fun. That's right. Okay, you go get in the tub, crack one open. You're done for the day. Thanks for doing this, pal. And uh, we'll look forward to doing this with you again very soon. You know, my man, anytime. This is outstanding. I'm happy for you and Remus. I'm forward to talking to you again. All the best. Right on. There he is, the big rig himself, kicking off our 1290 reunion week here on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. There's Jim Toth. We will have all the guys joining us this week, or many of them. Rick Ralph's coming on tomorrow. Kevin O on Wednesday. Brandon Rewicki on Thursday, which I think will coincide with a new edition of his Skates and Plates podcast, and then uh, finishing it off strong with Troy Westwood on Friday. Can't wait to talk to Westy about his thoughts on uh, all the CFL potential XFL news, as well as his thoughts on the game. Uh, Zig for Cassie coming up in just a second. Do want to thank our wonderful sponsors, not Autocorp, but Waverly and McGilvery. Why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team, the Tesla leaders in Winnipeg. I think I talked to Trevor on the weekend. They've got what, 17 in stock are coming right now, and they've been doing Teslas for over seven years. Um, so if you're thinking about going electric, pop over to Not Autocorp. They'll also help you uh, if you want to get out of a lease or into a new vehicle with an incredibly successful consignment program, pop down and see Trev and the team at Waverly and McGilvery or visit them online at not.ca. And it's another game night tonight, a little late. And as I mentioned, I'm a little choked about the uh, public health orders that, you know, we have to leave the bars or restaurants before the game is over. So that makes it a great day for the Boston Pizza game day meal, the spicy pierogi pizza, the meteor, a 24-pack case of wings. It's all there for you. You can order it online at bostonpizza.com or pop by your local BP in Winnipeg. And thanks again to Andrew, the Enrights, and all the Boston Pizza gang for their support. All right, we've got some puck to talk about. We've got NFL free agency to get to. And a few guys we have enjoyed talking to more over the years. Then Sirius XM's Zig Fracassi, and Zig joins us now. Zig, what is up? It's great to talk to you again. Andrew, it's good to be with you, my friend, and also Rick Ralph, too. And uh, I was saddened to hear what happened to you guys in Winnipeg, but the fact that you're now with Winnipeg Sports, I think this is absolutely phenomenal. So good to be with you, my friend. Well, it's, it's awesome, Zig. And, and, you know, hey, I mean, this is a, a rapidly changing industry, and – um you know, it really sucked what happened to the station, but I think that we've proven this in, in spades in a very short time that, 
you know, uh, any company can close up shop or they can, you know, make their decisions and that's to them. But it doesn't change the fact that this is one of, if not the most passionate sports city in Canada, and there's a huge demand for it. And lucky, luckily with technology, we've found that, you know, we're able to deliver this content. We've had incredible support from our sponsors, from the listeners, and it's just been a great start. And, and you know, as we bring you in, sounding like a million U.S. tax-free on that setup, uh, we've kind of, the one thing the pandemic has proved this year is that you know you have to be able to be flexible as to how you deliver things and many of us were working from home already so you know doing it yourself isn't such a huge stretch as it might have been five or ten years ago Uh, this was so great i forgot i was going to say but in all seriousness yeah you got a little sure mixer you plug the mic in you run a usb cord through your computer and it sounds like a million dollars like you said and I've been doing my uh, weekend shows on NFL radio from home. So the technology is definitely there. You need to adapt. And, you know, you've been able to do that as well. And, you know, the quality's amazingly pretty good. It's amazing with the software that's available anymore. It's really uh, wonderful because in the past, you need to have either an ISDN line or a codec or something of that ilk. But if you got a little set up like mine, you're good to go. Now, Zig, uh, I, you know we've always had great NFL chats, and I do want to talk about NFL free agency, but you know, we can't have you on here in the peg being the hockey guy that you are without talking a little NHL. I mean, you, first off, it's a it's a strange, weird season with most no fans in most buildings. Um, you know, the Canadian teams just playing each other, the divisions looking a little different. But I have to say, from a fan's perspective, I think the intensity of these games, it sort of feels like playoffs every night, at least here in the North Division. How have you enjoyed this strange 56-game odyssey that we're in the middle of right now on the ice? You know, the way I would liken it, Andrew, is almost like the original six times four divisions. If you if you really kind of look at it that in that particular sense, you know, because you've got all these teams going at it, and all they are is playing each other each and every night. And, you know, I find the North very freewheeling. I still think Winnipeg may wind up catching Toronto. I think they got the best overall team. Uh, and the other divisions, Tampa, boy, they're really missing Kucherov, aren't they? Got like the best record in the league. <laughs> Vegas looks strong out West, although I think that, that division's a little shaky. And then, of course, you got the Battle Royal each and every night, which is the East Division. For goodness sakes, I mean, you could conceivably have one of the recent sort of Stanley Cup finalists or winners, maybe it's Washington, maybe Pittsburgh, Boston, who knows? One of those teams may actually miss out, Rick. Uh, I'm sorry, Andrew, because it, the, the competition is just so competitive. So I think you're absolutely right on that. I, I think that's why maybe we haven't had any seismic trade moves yet either because these teams still think that they are very, very competitive. And then, of course, you got the quarantine uh, if you were to make trades involving the Canadian teams, so that makes things a little bit harder. But I think overall, I think your point's valid that uh, this has been playoff-style hockey each and every night. You, you know, speaking of that East division, I mean, looking at the standings right now, Washington and the Islanders are tied at the top with 44 points. You've got Pittsburgh, who had that rough start and then rattled off six in a row and immediately got into a comfortable playoff spot at 40. Then the Boston Bruins are four, are four points back. Now, what's important to note is that, you know, they only played 28 games as opposed to Pittsburgh playing 32. But the Bruins have gotten it together after a pretty um, uninspiring couple of weeks of hockey. 
and then you got the Philadelphia Flyers, who are sort of, you know, you know, one night they look like world beaters, and then they can go get pumped nine nothing another night. Jersey, yeah. the Rangers, and Buffalo um, at the bottom of the division. And honestly, when you're forecasting how things are going to go, maybe one of the most important things is to see who's got games with Buffalo and Jersey left on their schedule <laughs> down the stretch. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I know uh, the Bruins, because of COVID, couldn't play Saturday in Buffalo. They, they're uh, not able to play the Islanders tomorrow night uh, in Boston. So if they hold on to those, Andrew, they've got seven games left against Buffalo. I think Pittsburgh's pretty much swept them out already. And, you know, being from Western New York, even though I wasn't a fan of the team, it, it's kind of depressing to see what's going on there in Buffalo. Oh, man. Uh, unfortunately, so sad. it's. It's a it's a great hockey town. It, it really is, and there is a you know a record of them being a playoff team. So it's not like they've been this incompetent franchise for all these years. It's been the last decade. Uh, New Jersey. Speaking of Buffalo, Lindy Ruff, former Sabers coach, now at the Devils. He's got them guys playing hard. They're a little short on talent. He sure's been out of the lineup, but they play very hard. Keep an eye on the Rangers, though. Panarin's back in. It seems like that distraction with the extortion, whatever that was uh, back in Russia, that seems to be on the back burner. If they get a little bit of goaltending down the stretch, the Rangers could make a push as well. But, um, you know, New Jersey is a tougher out, I think, but Buffalo is just an absolute train wreck at this point. Yeah, it, it is sad. And, I mean, you speak, you know, being from Western New York, I mean, the the thing that is just, I mean, no skin in the game whatsoever in that division or with the Buffalo Sabres. But much like the Bills, um, you know, when you have such a passionate group of fans that are so devoted to their teams, um, they deserve better. And, it's bizarre. I mean, you'd be a good person to ask on this. The Pagulas have really managed to turn around a pretty morbid franchise in the Bills, and I guess getting Josh Allen was a big part of that, but they've hired the right people, they've made great decisions, and now they're a legitimate contender. Um, nothing has happened like that with the hockey team. No, it hasn't, and I think you bring up a very valid point. And it's not like the Pagulas haven't tried. They've spent money. You know, they've brought some people in. You know, they thought maybe... Eric Stahl would be a nice add to some of the younger players. Uh, Ocposo simply hasn't worked out. Jeff Skinner, he's on the fourth line. They've been benching him, and he has one goal, and he's earning $9 million a year, which I thought was an absolutely horrendous oh. contract. He, Andrew, even before they handed that out, I'm like, he's not Crosby. He's not Ovechkin. What are they doing here? They're paying him on one year. But to your point, where they haven't been able to find – they haven't been able to find their Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott on the hockey side. Those two guys are devoted to football, and you always hear the word culture, which I think is way overused, Andrew. But in that particular organization, it's legit. You take a look at some of the guys that the Bills have retained, Feliciano, Matt Milano, some of these other players that they've been able to bring back. They took less money to stay in Buffalo because they love the way that it's set up there. So in other words, the Bills are very, very well run with the same ownership that owns the Sabres, yet that side of the fence is not very well run. So until they find their Bean and McDermott combo, that franchise is in trouble. Hey, Zig for Cassie with his uh, Zig, before we get to NFL, I want to ask you one question about the West. Um, I think we knew that Vegas was going to be a very good team. Everyone expected Colorado to be a very good team. 
Now, granted, Minnesota did get massacred in back-to-back games against Colorado, but what a great start to this season in Dean Evison's term as the official head coach, as the Wild have you know added Kaprizov and really turned into, at least they seem like a very different team that we've seen going head-to-head with the Jets in the Central Division for the last few years. Yeah, your point's well taken. Kaprizov may be the most exciting young player in the National Hockey League today. I'm watching him do that 10-2 to skate of his. It's really something to to watch out for. And the one thing that I always like tweet out when I do my hockey observations is that for the first time ever, Minnesota is a fun team to watch. I thought I needed to have my pulse checked after I tweeted that the first time, but I'm telling you, this team is absolutely fun to watch. They play a lot of transition game. I think that was a design of the GM, who I've been a big fan of, Billy Guerin, for an awful long time. Evanson, like you mentioned, I think has done a really good job, and I think they've changed the dynamic of this team, Andrew, whereas no longer Parise and Suter are the faces of this team anymore. And I thought those contracts when they were handed out were God awful Two decent enough players. I know they're from the twin cities and it was a feel good story, but the fact of the matter is they haven't done anything of substance with those two in there. Their contracts are albatross, but I guess they've been able to find a use for them, but make no mistake. They're no longer the faces of the franchise Kaprizov and, some of the youngsters are Joel Erickson Eck is another young player that I really like a lot. Dumba and Brodeen on that blue line, they're absolutely terrific. So Billy Guerin has done something that I thought would never be possible is to make the Minnesota Wild a fun team and successful team to watch, although I think Colorado still has 110 shots over the last two games or whatever. Yeah, the, listen, the, the, the last two games for Minnesota, probably not the two-game sample you really want to show no. for what this team is so far this year, but the Avalanche are a wagon, and they can certainly uh, certainly make you pay. Zig's with us. Let's get to some football talk. Zig, who are the teams right now, when you're on NFL Sirius XM, NFL Radio over the course of the past week, what have been the teams that have been dominating the free agency conversations that you've been involved in? Well, before I answer that, Andrew, I, and I, I was just on uh, after your previous guy, Jim, there, and I felt bad for him with the Chicago <laughs> Bears. But I, I would, if I was, would have been on with Jim, I'll say this. Jim, Bears haven't had the quarterback since Sid Luckman, so relax. So, all right, now that I said that, although, <laughs> I mean, Billy Wade was the quarterback when he won in 63, Jim McMahon in 86, and, yeah, there was a little degree of success with, Cutler and some of these other guys, but the fact of the matter is this is a franchise, Andrew, that hasn't been able to replace the quarterback, and they've been one of those uh, teams uh, discussed. Um, obviously, they restructured a bunch of salaries to free up $20 million, although letting Fuller go, I, I thought, was a big move by them, and Denver scoops him up because of the connection with Vic Fangio out there, the former defensive coordinator. Hey, Zig, just on that, the, the Fuller signing, um, I'll be honest. I mean, the Vikes are throwing $10 million at Patrick Peterson, and then the next day, Fuller gets put on the market. Um, it, it, was that at all related? Once the Vikings had spent their money, did they let him go then? And you know, was that just simply yeah. a, a tough cap decision they had to make? Because I think Fuller can still play. Oh, yeah, Fuller's still a hell of a player. And they were going to let him go anyway, Andrew, but I think it was because of a procedural move. It ultimately had to get onto the NFL transaction page. It's like the official sort of, I guess you'd call it registry. So 
I, I thought the Broncos swooped in and did very, very well. Peterson, that one's going to be interesting. I, I started to see a little bit of signs of slippage in his play last year, although Mike Zimmer, the head coach there, and Rick Spielman obviously think that he's got a little bit of gas left in the tank. So that was an interesting move. The Tomlinson move I, th- I thought was pretty good for them. Uh, some of the other teams, New England, obviously, would they spend over $300 million? In Where did that eight? come from? That's not really in the Bill Belichick playbook. Uh, is it just basically an, an admission that, okay, what we were trying to do last year just did not work, and um, now we're going to change it up? Well, you think about this. If they had spent some money when Tom was still there, he might still be playing for the New England Patriots. The bottom line was Brady got out of Dodge there because he saw, you know, what was the old Michael Ray Richardson line? The ship be sinking. Well, he saw the ship be he saw the ship be sinking with the New England Patriots, and he he was done too much carrying this team uh, on his shoulders. So, you know, at some point, Andrew, you these teams have the room to spend money, but at some point you have to spend it. So, hence, New England got two of the best tight ends on the market there, and Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. You bring in Bourne and a couple of other receivers. Um, you know, obviously you've you've made some other additions as well, and then you've got uh, Hightower coming back off of the you know sitting out last year. Uh, you're bringing Cam Newton back, which a lot of people are surprised I wasn't because Belichick fawned over him, you know, raved about him, and I think that was the idea. If you get Cam some weapons, he might still be an effective quarterback. So New England's been talked about, obviously. Uh, Houston, I think, has signed every lower to mid-level free agent you could think of to mankind. And, oh, by the way, another few lawsuits against uh, Deshaun Watson here, hindering his trade value. So uh, those are some of the teams, obviously, that have been talked about on NFL radio. Of course, we talk about them all. Uh, Russell Wilson, will he ultimately get dealt? I I don't see that at this particular point, although – I don't think there's any question. There's a little bit of a sort of a distance, a little rift, maybe not pronounced, but a rift nonetheless between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. So maybe at some point Russell Wilson does become an ex-Seattle Seahawk. Zig for Cassie with us uh, here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Zig, uh, you mentioned Deshaun Watson, and you know this is it's such a, a, a horrible story in that you know I think you'd be hard pressed outside of you know maybe Pat Mahomes and a couple other players to have a more well liked respected marketable superstar in the league than Deshaun Watson and when I first heard you know what was being alleged and found out where it was from uh you know the the lawyer has a bit of a a a checkered reputation shall we say and you know this none of it was criminal it was civil but i mean day after day week after week zig there's more and more allegations. Um, this is this is a serious problem for Deshaun Watson, um, you know, personally for his professional career. Never mind what it's doing to the Houston Texans situation as to whether or not they punt on their franchise quarterback. Yeah, and you know, it's one of these things, Andrew. I I, I won't speculate because none of us really know what's gone yeah. on here. So I I can't offer any pronounced insights to that. I have said I thought maybe the timing of this was a little bit suspicious in the sense that Watson asked out, and all of a sudden you start hearing about these lawsuits coming up, civil suits, although there, I think there are one or two that uh, do allege sexual assault too. So 
Uh, and again, I think the agent babe probably said it best too. He says women who suffer this deserve to be heard, but also those who allege and are not proven right, they ought to be prosecuted as well. So I, only that's going to handle over mm-hmm. time. But you're talking about a young man who's done a ton for charity in the Houston area. He also has kind of picked up the the baton of Warwick Dunn. You remember him, the outstanding Absolutely. running back from the Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons, and he was buying single family homes for single parents. And one of the people that he bought for was Deshaun Watson's family. So Deshaun now has started to pick up that sort of baton and move on with it. And again, if the young man did all of this, this is a real problem. Never mind the football and the trade value. It's a problem. But if he didn't, you know, prosecute, you know, let's pursue the media zeal in freeing him, if you will. But until all that's resolved, um, I, I don't see him going anywhere. Or Andrew, if I'm a GM, I, I don't touch Deshaun Watson at this particular point with a 10-foot pole because you don't know what's going to happen out of the resolution of this matter. No, absolutely. And, and Zig, you know, just for a moment, you know, we'll take out everything that's happening right now with Deshaun Watson. But just looking back at the last couple of seasons, I mean, we're, what, 14 months removed from them being up 24 nothing in a playoff yes. game against the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes. And it's just stunning to see how that franchise at literally every level – has absolutely disintegrated into you know a full-blown tire fire right now before all of this stuff happened. 24 nothing had a chance to put the game away, but then O'Brien got cute with the play call. There was the fake punt. There was this and that, and then all of a sudden, it became an avalanche. Kansas City started to look like Kansas City, so that's how proficient they were. But you could tell that there was uh, signs of discord uh, he may be a great man. He's got a special needs son, and I respect the heck out of that, but I don't think much of Bill O'Brien as a coach. I don't think much of him as a GM. So you start looking at the moves that they made. They trade DeAndre Hopkins, arguably a top three receiver in the NFL. You trade him basically for a bag of peanuts and a guy who hasn't played a whole lot. In what does that do time. to the guys in the room? I mean, I remember being so stunned. Wait a second. They just traded DeAndre Hopkins and they're bringing back David Johnson's contract? It, it didn't make sense to me. I can only imagine how that went over amongst Texans players. Outstanding point, and maybe it didn't because I think there became a friction after that. Then, you know, you had the uh, Amy Palchich, the outstanding public relations person. Uh, she wound up being let go, some issues with culture. So all of a sudden now you're starting to think, all right, there may be something more systemic going on uh, with the Houston Texans. Let's not forget trading for Laramie Tunzel, who I think is an average left tackle at best. You gave up those two number one picks to get him. You, you wouldn't think Houston would like to have the third overall pick of the draft right now. That's with the Miami Dolphins. So all these moves. And then Deshaun, by the way, signed that multi-year contract even after all this happened. So you thought he would be around as part of the rebuild. Then they start terribly last year. J.J. Watt, you can tell he's getting frustrated. Uh, again, the culture issues were permeating. Uh, I don't know what to think of Cal McNair. You wonder if the late, great Robert McNair, if, if he was still around, if all this stuff would be going on. 
So you add all of this here, Andrew, and then boom, before you know it, we're talking about J.J. Watt now with the Arizona Cardinals. You know, you've got the trade Lawson for Bernardrick McKinney, who's been one of the staple points of the Houston defense. You bring in a coach, and I like David Culley, but he's never been a coordinator in this league. So this poor guy... You know, uh, maybe he's like, he has to answer Deshaun Watson questions. He he doesn't know how to answer. He says, there is our quarterback for now. You know, there's been this undercurrent about how much power this Jack Easterby guy who was with the Patriots, who was a team chaplain, if he's kind of poisoning the room, they bring Casario in, who's got a good reputation as a Patriots personnel man, Deshaun gets pissed off about that because he wanted some input on the coach and the GM. I guess that was he was promised. They didn't do that. Andrew, we could go on another two or three hours about this organization, (laughs) but I'm telling you, those are the bullet points as to why, like you talked about, this team was maybe a quarter, two quarters, maybe two quarters and a half away from getting to a conference championship game, which they've never been to. And now we're looking at them as train wreck USA. So, and this has all happened within a short period of time. This hasn't been four or five years. It's probably been 18 months, 22 months, something of that effect. No, it really is a stunning turnaround and um, just an absolute mess. Um, far from it in Kansas City, they're back to back AFC champs, but, you know, really did get, you know, exposed in the Super Bowl on the line of scrimmage on both sides of it from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they spent some pretty big money getting Joe Tooney out of. New England and Kyle Long comes back and signs a deal out of retirement. It seems like the Chiefs have done a great job at, you know, centering the middle of their offensive line. What about the tackle position with uh, Fisher and Schwartz on the way out? Where does Andy Reid and Brett Feach go from here? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, hopefully Fisher will be able to play football again because that was a significant injury that he suffered, you know, in the, in the playoffs. And I think in the Super Bowl, we found out that uh, he was a pretty darn good tackle because Mike Remmers couldn't shadow Shaq Barrett, you, me, or anybody else in that game. So, and Mitchell Schwartz, I'm a little biased because I know his brother very well, Jeff, who I've done shows with on NFL radio. And I asked him, like, how's Mitch doing? He says, all right. I says, what's he going to do? He says, well, once you have the surgery, you'll find out if he still wants to play or whatever. So if Mitchell wants to play, fine. If not, then I think he goes on to a cooking career because the guy is super talented in culinary. <laughs> yeah, he, he really is. Uh, if they get uh, the Canadian kid back, uh, Duvernay Tardif, I yep. think that helps. So they've got some issues there. Uh, hopefully Mahomes is going to be good to go for the start of the season. Remember, he got hurt. Uh, in that game against Cleveland, you could tell he was clearly hampered throughout the the rest of the postseason. Well, the funny thing is, when you talk about Mahomes, um, Zig, is that, I mean, I, I think of the way he played in the Super Bowl, running for his life for the full 60 minutes. I mean, That's he right. made some of the most incredible plays I've ever seen. And the biggest crime of that entire game was, you know, Tyreek Hill and Daryl uh, Williams but letting those beautiful passes, hitting them in their face mask in the end zone. And how it might have been different. I I will say this, though. I mean, Mahomes, Tampa was just better top to bottom at every area, except probably quarterback. I mean, this is the beauty of Tom Brady. Um, He puts himself into situations where, um, you know, he doesn't need to be Pat Mahomes to win. Uh, I joke to friends that if you swap swap the quarterbacks in that game, Tampa wins 70-0. 
Um, but um, in reality, I mean, Brady, you know, credit where credit is due. Um, you know, he came there, and it's everything else that he brings to that organization that I think, you know, made, um, you know, star players far more selfless. It seemed like everybody bought in to exactly what they needed to do. And that's not always easy to do in the National Football League, but it turned that club into a championship squad. Well, and I think that's why they've sort of reunited the band once again. Gronk's coming back. Uh, they re-up with Shaq Barrett. They've taken care of Levante David, the outstanding linebacker. Uh, I know they're trying to bring Fournette back, although he could wind up getting uh, some greener pastures elsewhere. And back to Kansas City, though, uh, Andrew, again, this is going to be an off season too. Um, and we cannot forget what happened three days before the Super Bowl and that accident involving uh, the former assistant coach, Britt Reed, Andy's son, and that uh, young girl who unfortunately uh, wound up being hospitalized. Apparently, uh, she's going to have to deal with some of those conditions going forward. Um, at some point, they're going to have to resolve this somehow. I don't know if the Chiefs get involved, whatever the case may be, but uh, let's not forget that five-year-old girl, too. And, you know, you had to think, too, they, they would say publicly that, that that didn't affect them. But, my gosh, less than 72 hours before the Super Bowl, you know, thoughts, first of all, to the family and to everyone involved, but then, obviously, the Chiefs. You had to think that that was a factor in the locker room, so I wanted to make sure that got mentioned. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Zig Fracassi is with us from SiriusXM, NFL, and NHL Radio. Zig, it has been just an absolute pleasure having you on the program. And I will say, uh, without a doubt, the best-sounding guest we have had. Just an absolutely <laughs> perfect setup coming in here. Um, we really appreciate it. We'll have to do this again soon, maybe going towards the NFL draft coming up next month. Oh, absolutely. Anytime, Andrew. Again, good to be chatting with you and get that uh, reuniting tour. Uh, Rick, always good to be on with uh, him as well. And uh, Remus, even though you're not off the hook yet, Remus, you owe me a Jets t-shirt, so get that out. So. <laughs> We're going to do it. Hey, Zig, uh, all the best. Yeah, stay up late tonight. Canucks and Jets going on oh, uh, I will. 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, look for the, our top line needs to uh, needs to pop a couple tonight. They're, uh, they were quite frustrated after the game at Edmonton, so we'll see what happens. Zig, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time. Andrew, again, good luck to you and Remus, and glad to see your Back on the, the airwaves there in Winnipeg because you're a true credit to what you do there. You got the passion, the energy, and people in Winnipeg are good to lucky to have you. Right back at you, Zig. Thanks for doing this. Give him a follow on Twitter, folks, if you haven't already. That is the one and only Zig for Cassie. Uh, joined us uh, for years talking hockey, talking football, and it was fun to uh, get to both of those topics with Zig today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily mentioned um rick is gonna be back tomorrow if you're just popping in we had jim toll to begin the program today and uh it's gonna be a bit of a 1290 reunion this week here on uh, winnipeg sports talk daily tomorrow marata tesh and rick ralph of course we'll break down all j- things jets with marat and uh, we'll have some fun with rick talking jets and a whole bunch of other topics um kevin olszewski on wednesday brandon rewicki on thursday and Troy Westwood on Friday, and uh, we'll work with Bombing and Munns, uh, Polly Edmonds as well, hopefully in the next uh, couple of weeks or so, uh, but it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, Remus, as we have seen so far today in the chat, 
Um, people were really fired up to, to hear from Jim. Had a great turnout early in the program. And it's really been solid throughout the afternoon. And I imagine this is uh, a bit of a sign of things to come this week as uh, so many of the favorite voices of 1290 going to be jumping on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily this week. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of Mondays are seem to be a popular day. People want to recap the weekend. But, of course, I think Jim's bringing in a lot of listeners. Uh, wasn't in the hot tub. Didn't show off his uh, beautiful head of hair. So maybe in the future when he comes <laughs> on, we can certainly do do that. But a lot of great uh, talk in the chat. I think people are excited to see some familiar uh, familiar voices. And speaking of familiar voices, Zig for Cassidy coming on. A longtime guest uh, with us. And by far, far and away, the best microphone setup I've ever seen. Oh, did he uh, sound good? Tell. I'm, I'm gonna message him, and he did ask me for a Jets T-shirt after, so I'll see if I can uh, send him something. I have sent him a Bombers T-shirt in Excellent. the past. So uh, you know what? Lo- leave that. Zig, leave fan. that. Get his size. I'll pop down. Where else would we get our Jets stuff from? Our friends at Royal Sports. We'll get that done, and we'll get something over to Zig because we want him to be a regular here on this program. Um, all right, before we wrap up, let's get to our cool bet lines of the day. And uh, wow, busy night tonight in the National Hockey League. You got one, two, three, four, five, nine games tonight, um, and a few out late. If you want to do one of those late game parlays, you got uh, Avalanche, Coyotes, Blues, Golden Knights, Kings, and Sharks, and of course the Winnipeg Jets and the Vancouver Canucks. And you know, I think the books are expecting what a lot of Winnipeg Jet fans are expecting—a much better Jets club tonight against a team they have had quite a bit of success against in the Vancouver Canucks. Jets a minus one eighteen favorite. Vancouver even money right now. Reem and you know, as we talked before, the Jets I think will be—I um, think they'll play. I don't want to say a desperate club, but I think there'll be a real sense of urgency in their game, especially focusing on on that top line. We saw the frustration of Blake Wheeler at the end of the game. We heard it from the coach and players afterwards. Um, you know, no panic right now, but definitely a big game to not only bank two points in a very, very tight division, um, but also avoid losing three in a row in regulation for the first time this season. Yeah, I think Jim said it well, too. I mean, you look at the last two games, I thought they were close games. They were even. They were winnable. Uh, the difference ended up being Connor McDavid. And look, you'd like to see the top line get going. I don't know how long it can continue, um, you know, especially uh, keeping them together. Maybe they'll mix them up. We did have the line rushes from today. Mike McIntyre tweeted them out. I put them in the chat. Forward line staying the same. Uh, defense pairing, there was a change. Morrissey playing with... Um, was it? Oh, geez, <laughs> sorry, I had it. Uh, I had it. Morrissey. And Morrissey's back it. with Pullman. Morrissey's back with Pullman. Thank Forbert you. is Thank with Pionk, and uh, Stanley is with Demello. Um, so essentially, <laughs> that that swap of Pullman and Demello has happened. Um, you know what? What can you say? The, uh, the that pairing just did not um, did not click the last couple nights. So um, you knew Paul Maurice was going to switch something. Although I think a lot of people, as we spoke, you know, with Jim a little earlier, thought that the change might actually come with a little bit of a reconfiguration up potentially in the top six or top nine. But it's on the blue line is what we'll see apparently when the puck drops tonight in Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, I'll, well, let's see the top line, or you know what has you know labeled when you order it. Traditionally, Skazny, the top Schaefer, line. Whoever. 
traditionally, but I think we can all agree the line that is actually playing the best is the Connor Dubois Ehlers. Ehlers is playing uh, playing fantastic skating, carrying the puck, shooting, Kyle Connor scoring goals, and Dubois doing it at both ends of the ice, and I think he's finding his game as well. You see how big he is, how fast he can move, and he's really shining, uh, I think, the last couple of games playing with those three. So I'm kind of curious uh, what's that, what that's going to be. Cop, Lowry, Appleton, they kind of were a bit of a cold streak. Uh, they did uh, you know, put a couple on the back of the net recently, and I agree with you. I think Matthew Perot uh, has been excellent on the fourth line in limited ice time, so uh, this is a big game. Got to come back uh, for the Jets. Vancouver playing very well, but uh, I'm not. I'm overall. I'm not too surprised that they're having a bit of a down year from uh, maybe the expectations were at the end of last year. Yeah, exactly. So uh, here's your decimal odds for those of you that like them that way from CoolBet.com. Uh, Jets 1.85 tonight. And the Canucks at 2.00. Two other games in the North Division as well. Edmonton, road underdog in Montreal to take on the Canadians. Edmonton's paying 2.05. Montreal is at 1.80. And the Calgary Flames go into Ottawa to take on the Senators. 1.56 pays for the Flames. And the Sens, a juicy 2.50 at home. Oh well, um, you know who knows? Maybe a maybe a big a home dog tonight for the Ottawa Senators. We'll take a look at that. One other really interesting game, a very important game in that East Division, as we talked about with Zig, is the New York Islanders taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. Islanders paying one point eight zero, and Philly paying two point zero five. Reem, a great show today and a great start to a little twelve ninety reunion week. Really looking forward to having Rick on the program tomorrow. And we'll kick it off with Marat at one fifteen, sort of our first guest tomorrow, recapping tonight's game. And I imagine what happens tonight will certainly dictate the mood around the Winnipeg Jet fan base and this program tomorrow as to whether the Jets get it back on track, get a big win to kick off an important week on the road, or we're talking about trying to salvage a split against the Canucks after a third consecutive Loss. Um, I, I'm I'm leaning. I'm I'm optimistic about this game tonight. And as I said before, I really do think we will see a, a big push. I would be stunned if we weren't talking about Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler and Paul Stasny in a very positive light after tonight. I think they will play with some urgency, some real desperation, and um, they're due to uh, have the red light going on in the right end tonight. Yeah, Blake Wheeler threw the puck into the stands after last game, throwing away all of his frustrations, clearing himself of all the toxins of their poor playhouse. That's what it symbolized. I think he's going to be ready to go. Uh, I think, look, these guys haven't played well for a while. You know they can bring it. You know they're frustrated. Uh, I can't see them losing uh, three in a row here, so I would lean towards the Jets. Uh, you know, I'm honoring the chat during your conversation with Jig Zig. Very flowing uh, Jets chat. A lot of people unhappy though. A lot of people want to fire, uh, you know, fire whoever they can. Uh, we'll wait and see. Who would that be? <laughs> uh. <laughs> you know, it was funny. Rod uh, Peterson this morning did uh, an opening before he had Sean and Ken on, um, and said that you know he he was hearing from people from Winnipeg all weekend that you know want to fire Paul Maurice and. I mean, listen, I think there's a lot of pressure on Maurice right now to get the most out of this hockey club. And some will say that it's more a personnel thing on the blue line. Um, you know, I think, you know, for the most part, the, you know, the forward, the goaltending pretty much set. Um, but as I said, 
This is the, they lost two games in a row for the first time. Probably pumped the brakes a little bit on that. Uh, but there are some people with more big picture reasons why they think that you know maybe the the Jets would be better off with another head coach. Uh, that's not going to be a real legitimate conversation unless things really go south for the Winnipeg Jets right now. And they certainly have an opportunity to uh, quell those fires tonight if they can beat the Vancouver Canucks. I do want to give a shout out to a bunch of the people that have been in the chat: the Wrench Doozer, the Bullet, Mike K, Chris Ireland. Vern Fechtel, Eric Music, our girl Taylor Ewell. Hi, Taylor. Great to have you with us. We miss you every day. Um, Parallax Prophecy, Mike Krzyzewski is in there, Jeff Kabilis, um, K-Rocket. Anyways, it's it's been awesome, and you know I know you've been able to pay a bit more attention while we um, do the show, Remus, when I'm doing a few of these interviews, but um, it's just been amazing. A great, great turnout today. We've been pushing 300 live viewers, pretty much the entire program. A great way to start the week, and a great way to do it again with all of our old pals from 1290, kicking it off with Jim Toth uh, today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the week. It should be fun, and yes, thank you everyone in chat. I had I do have fun monitoring the chat while you're doing, uh, you know, you're chatting with Jim and chatting with Zig and whoever else. Uh, you got to have a monitored. Uh, shout out to everyone in there. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, we're you know had 300, you know, peaked at around just over 300. Uh, been a lot of people in here. I know many, many more listen on podcasts and watch it on YouTube replay. So uh, this is incredible. Thank you guys for all the support. We see you all, all in chat. It's been uh, a lot of fun discussing uh, the Jets, and we are looking forward to tonight's game and a lot of uh, late starts, which I actually prefer. Huss. It's better for my schedule, the late starts. Yeah, well, you're going to enjoy the next two weeks because the Jets don't have a 6.30 game until the 31st of March. So, um, you know, maybe some afternoon naps for some of you that don't normally stay up that late. Figure it out uh, because that's the way it is right now for the next two weeks. Uh, 9 o'clock and 9.30 p.m. starts. Um, again, folks, you know, if you're in the YouTube chat, hit us with the like, throw a comment in. That always helps. If you're listening on the podcast, rate and review, drop a five star in there for your boys and uh, maybe a little comment. And uh, as always, if you have the opportunity, support our sponsors. They are the ones that are uh, enabling us to bring this content to you every day. Boston Pizza Winnipeg, not Autocorp. The Nick and Nikki DQ Group, which is Northgate, Polo Park, the Niverville and St. Anne's Dairy Queens. And of course, the OGs, Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway, 650 Rally and EK. I'll be popping by Royal to get our T-shirt, our Jets T-shirt for Zig. They uh, are always the number one spot in the city when it comes to any sort of licensed merch. And while I'm in there, maybe get ready to uh, do a little more active things outside than we're uh, into spring. Remo, what's the call tonight? Jets win? I've been saying Jets the last two games, uh, and it didn't didn't go that way. Actually, I don't know if I said Jets Thursday. That's right. I think I definitely said Jets uh, Saturday. I did have uh, Hellbuck and Ehlers in fantasy that night. Uh, I'm rolling Jets again. I don't think they'll lose three in a row. Uh, I, it might be a homer pick, but uh, I, I think they've played well. I know Vancouver doesn't have Connor McDavid, so I think that's going to help. Now, I haven't checked it, but if there is a showdown offering for DraftKings, we'll have to do there. one of those tonight, and I will tip my hand. Uh, is there one, do you know? No, it's it's like the San Jose game. It's not the Oh, same that's too bad. All right, well, whatever. That's just going to allow me to stack the Shifley line looking for their breakout game against uh, people playing all the other games. But if you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter. If you are a DraftKings player and you're not getting our invites, Adam Remus at Hustlerama will make sure you get in and uh, get the invites as we uh, keep going with our DraftKings contest. Uh, great show today. we got to get out so we can get this sucker loaded up for everybody listening on the podcast. Remus, great job as always today. It was a heck of a lot of fun and a great way to start the Monday. 
Yeah, this was an awesome show. Mondays are always very fun. You get to recap the weekend, but a busy, busy Jets week. I am excited, and we do have a lot of great guests. So thank you, everyone who's in chat, who's liked the video, and followed us on any of the other social medias, because we're on every single one. So uh, Sports Talk WPG. Yeah, keep an eye out. We're going to uh, have some social media contests as well to sort of boost the followers and uh, reward some of the uh, incredible support we're getting with you. So, uh, yeah, at Sports Talk WPG on all of your favorite social media sites. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to everyone. Enjoy this hockey game tonight. We'll break it down fully tomorrow at 1 o'clock live on YouTube. We'll kick it off with Murata Tesh of The Athletic. And then a little afternoon ride reunion. Rick Ralph joins me tomorrow at around 1.45. Really looking forward to that as well as having the rest of the boys on from the big show and Kevin O all this week on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. So, folks, enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting Winnipeg Sports Talk and Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.